Thank you, Lord. Well, welcome to Heritage of Faith. It's so good to see you this morning. And, and don't, uh, don't let go of your, your, your heart of praise, all right? Because we're, we're we, we, uh, we, we may close out with that song, so we'll just see how the Holy Ghost goes and, and moves. And Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I want to go ahead and receive this morning's tithes and offerings. And, and uh, so if you need offering envelope, there's one that's seat back in front of you. There's three ways to give. Whether the envelope, um, check, you can make it out to HFCC. Also, text to give, which is, um, eight, uh, <laughs> I do it all the time, 84321. It's saved in my phone. It's under like, so I just hit eight and it pops up. So, you know, so um, text to give, and I'll tell you, it's, it's just convenient. It's, it, it's easy. But in the same time, as, as we prepare our giving, because see, like I said, it can be easy. It can, you know, it can be easy to give what you, you give every week. It can be easy to get comfortable with the level you give on. But, you know, uh, the thing is, is I, I never, you know, even when it came to preaching, I, there's always this element in the natural of, of, you know, when I first started preaching, you've heard me say this, when I, when I first started preaching, I only preached four times in my life, pastoring, preached four times in my life, and, and so when I would get up, you know, a lot of you had been here, I'd turn bright red. And my mom would say, you know, when the anointing comes on Justin, he just turns really red. He'd, I'd say, no, mom, that's not, that's, that's fear, that's not the anointing, you know, <laughs> that's fear. And, and, and so there's an element, even, you know, every time I get up to minister, there's this element of, not, I, I'm not going to say fear, I'm not, I'm not afraid to... To, to minister or talk in front of people, but there's this element. I asked the Lord, I said, I, I never want to get, I want to be conf, confident, but I never want to be comfortable. I want to be confident, but I never want to be comfortable. And so just in your giving, you can, you can get to a place where you're just comfortable. When is the last time you've allowed God to stretch you in your giving? And I'm, I, and I'm not saying this to get a bigger offer. That has, that has nothing to do with it. If, that, if that's your attitude, please don't give this morning. You know, so, you know, but, but hear me. Because I said, I, I never want to be comfortable. I want to be confident, but I don't want to be comfortable. See, what is confidence? Confidence is, is faith. I, I want to come out here and I want to minister in faith to you. And so, and see, everything that we do needs to be done by faith. All right. So just, just stay with me just for, for a moment. You know, because as I, 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 as I was going to bed last night, the Lord just you know, spoke to me just what to share with you about tithes and offerings. Because actually Annette was going to do the first service offering. And, and I just, I think, I think the Lord wants me to share something. And, and so I, I, I got in the bed and I just sat there and said, Lord, what do you want to, what do you want to speak to me? And he said, I want you to talk, I want you to talk to them about making sure they're giving in fear, faith and not in fear. And real quick, I, I'm not going to do a whole because I got an, another assignment this morning, but three aspects of faith. Because we do things by faith, right? Yes. If we do it, we do it by faith, right? If we live, we live by faith. When we live, we live by faith. The just shall live by faith. But part of our living is giving, right? Everything you do, the just shall live by faith. So anything that you do in life, you need to do it by faith. You, 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 need, to, you need to drive to work by faith. You need, to, you need to, to walk home. You need to walk in the door when you go to home in, in faith. You need, everything you need, because there's things that are going to hit you, and they may be challenges. There could be difficult things. But the thing is, is, is how are you going to approach it? You have to approach it in faith. So as it pertains to our giving this morning, just three quick things. And there's a lot more than this, but these are the things he shared with me. One, 
Faith works by love. Faith works by love. So as it pertains to our giving, let our giving reflect that of the way Abraham gave. What did Abraham do? It said he brought tithes of all. He honored the Lord with his tithe. He brought back the tithe of all the increase that he had. And, he, and it was all based on, not because he had, he was never told to do that. It was based from this position of honor. You know, so faith works by love. So as we give today, realize that love is two ways. One, realize I'm giving today because I know I have a heavenly father that loves me. You know what? And I'm giving today well, because I choose to love, I choose to love my heavenly father. And I choose to honor him with something that he's blessed me with. Amen. Amen. So faith works by love. Secondly, faith without works is dead. So faith, so we're, we're giving by faith and not fear. It means I understand faith works by love. And secondly, faith has to have corresponding action. Has to have corresponding action. You know, it, you know, he gives seed to the sower. He gives seed to the sower. He gives seed to the sower, right? And he multiplies our seed sown, right? So he gives seed to the sower. Well, the sower, that a sower is someone that lives by a certain action. Sowing. So, so faith works by love and faith has to have corresponding action. So, so if I'm giving, then that is a corresponding action to my belief that he multiplies my seed sown. If you really believe he multiplies your seed sown, if you really believe that he, you're going to be blessed coming in and blessed going out, if you really believe the windows of heaven would be open unto you, then there would be cons- corresponding action that, 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 that yeah, there's no question that, that I, I'm, if I'm, am I going to tithe or not? There's no question. And, and it's not going to be an argument whether, whether tithing is under the law or not under the law. That, that lets me know I don't understand my heavenly father. And lastly, where's faith at? Faith is in your heart and in your mouth. So faith works by love. Faith has to have corresponding action. And faith is in my heart and my mouth. So what's coming out of your mouth as it pertains to your faith, as it pertains to your giving? What's coming out of your mouth? Faith is in your heart and your mouth. If you really believed it, Not only would you act on it, but there would be something coming out of your mouth. And what needs to be coming out of our mouth? The word. What does the word say about this action that I'm about to take? All right, let's, let's, we we have a new confession this morning and, and we're going to probably, we'll, we'll we'll get more in the future, but we know there's one that I wrote and then there's one that, that Doxville gave us this past week and we, we turned it into a confession and, and we're, you're going to get this in the future and it's got scriptures that go with every line to it. Um, but I I want us, as we're preparing to give, let's release our faith because faith is works by love. Faith has to have corresponding action and that's in the action of giving. And then also faith is where in my heart, in my mouth. Okay. Amen. You ready to give this morning? Amen. If you're online watching us, you ready to give this morning? They're not answer. But anyway, let's, let, let's say this. All right. Let's say it together. I sow my seeds in faith, knowing that the law of seed time and harvest is working on my behalf. I have sown my financial seeds 
And I am expecting them to produce after their kind in the form of financial harvest. I'm expecting every seed that I have sown to grow and to spring up and to produce an abundant harvest. Because I have been obedient to God and have sown my seeds, I fully expect my days to be filled with prosperity and my years with pleasures. Because God has seen my sowing, his mind is on me continually. I'm expecting more and more financial blessing and more and more financial increase in my life. I'm expecting good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over harvest from every seed that I have sown. I'm entitled to, and I'm expecting a bountiful harvest because I'm a bountiful sower. I'm expecting to have all sufficiency, more than enough, and be abounding in financial blessings so that I'm able to sow into every good work that the Holy Spirit impresses me to be a blessing to. Since I do believe in the Lord my God, and I believe what his prophets have spoken regarding 2019 being my year for the abundant harvest, then I'm expecting this each and every day throughout this year to come to pass in my life. Jesus' name, so be it. Amen. Ushers, you and receive the offering. And when he says the prophet there, uh, Kenneth Copeland declared that this year would be a year of abundant harvest. I mean, go ahead and let's watch these, these announcement videos, and I'll be right back. Good morning, Heritage of Faith family. We're so glad to have you here with us this morning. Here are just a few of the events we have going on here at Heritage. We are growing and we are expecting. The church has a big vision and we want you to be a part of it. If you have a heart to serve and want to be involved in the vision as a part of the family, we want to hear from you. We believe that God has placed gifts on the inside of you to help take our church family to another level of His glory. Take a moment to visit with one of our Helps Ministry volunteers to find out on how you can get plugged into serving and sowing into the growth of Heritage of Faith. G29 Youth is a second home for our students. Our heart is to give every person in grades 6 through 12 a safe place to experience the presence of God, be equipped in the Word, and engage them to be leaders in the world around them. Our students are living the life that God has called them to, and we get to be a family along the way. We have services every Wednesday night and rec nights every third Sunday during Thrive Groups. Check out our events page for more details, and we'll see you Wednesday. God desires a family to live life together, including our church family. By becoming a part of our Thrive Groups, you will build relationships, have fun connecting with others, and learn more about this thing called life and a life lived for Jesus. It all starts with relationship. Grab a Thrive card at the front desk on your way out and ask one of our amazing volunteers to help you in connecting with the Thrive Group leader. And remember to stop by the church to drop off your youth for rec night and kids for childcare on your way to Thrive Groups. Is this your first time at Heritage? Welcome. We are thrilled to have you visit, and we believe that you are here for a reason. We are so grateful to be a part of what God is going to do in your life. Can you do us a favor? We want to stay connected. Please take a moment to fill out one of these cards found in the seat back in front of you. Turn it into our first time visitors lounge after service, where we'd like to bless you with a free welcome gift. Thank you so much, and welcome to the family. It's going to be an exciting month here at Heritage. For more information on these events and more, visit us at heritageoffaith.com slash events. Amen. Hallelujah. Uh, like they, like um, Emily said on the announcements there, 
Um, tonight is Thrive Group weekend, so if you're not a part of a Thrive Group, I would encourage you to get plugged into one. Right now we have about, as we talk about families in the church, we have close to 40% of our families are involved in Thrive Groups, which I think that's great, but I want that to increase. And why do I want it to increase, can we, that we can say we have more groups or our groups are big? or No, it's because I know what can happen in a small group setting. I know the transformation that can take place. I know the discipleship that takes place. So if you're a Thrive Group leader, just stand to your feet. And uh, I'm going to acknowledge you real quick. So look around and see these. If you're not connected to a Thrive Group yet, I want to encourage you, get plugged into one. Um, either they'll be in the lobby or I'll have them come up here after service so you can meet them and find out um, where, where, they, where, where they live and uh, just show up at any time. So anyway, anyway, you can be seated. Amen. Just make yourself available to Thrive Groups. Amen. Get their phone number. You can call at 3 a.m. And... Um, <laughs> You know, uh, last week, you know, my parents live in Maryland, and and uh, <clears throat> last week they were snowed in, so they they weren't able to go to their church, and and so they <laughs> they watched our our, the, our first service online, and and so it was funny. My dad messed. My dad doesn't mess with me that often. He's not a he, he he's not the type that really talks on the phone phone a lot. So, if, hi, dad, if you're watching. Um, <laughs> You know, and it's kind of like short answers, you know, he's just not that, you know, that, that way. It just, he's never has been, you know, um, it's hard to have a phone conversation, you know? So anyway, but when it comes to, you know, he doesn't, and he, and he doesn't text that often either. So when I get a text from him, it's like, oh, what, what's going on? So he, it starts off, well, last week we were snowed in and I really, you know, we really enjoyed your service. It was a great service. It was a great message. And, you know, and afterwards he says, I, I got a call from RCA Records and, and I, I got, I, they offered me a contract deal for you, for your singing. And, um, I said, dad, you, I said, dad, you got jokes. And, uh, and, uh, and so I said, appreciate, appreciate the encouragement there. Um, but anyway, there was no con- recording contract and who knows, I just might sing today as well and you'll just have to deal with it. Amen. Hallelujah. The second service, they say actually was on pitch or something. I don't know. I don't even know what that means. Annette says they're still trying to find what key I do sing in. So it's not on the alphabet. So, um, Amen. So 2019 will be a year marked by great victories. Now, this for me as your pastor, as Dr. Spell is our founding pastor, and you know he, he's here with us, you know, uh, 10, 11, 12 times a year as the Lord directs him because he's, you know, international, all, you know, going around all the time, ministering different places. And, and so when he brings forth a word as he's like the Apostle Paul and I'm like the Timothy, and he brings forth a word, and I meditate on that word, and I receive that word. And, and, and so when I say something to you of this is this particular year, I'm not trying to say that to take away from what Dr. Savelle's saying. Because what is our founding pastor said, that 2019 will be a year with, for marvels, wonders, and extraordinary manifestations of the greatness of our God, right? And so as I was meditating and praying over this, and, and the Lord started speaking to me some things through Scripture, and I don't know how many weeks will be on this. But he, he said, 2019 will be a year marked by great victories. And, and he said, why? If you have a marvel, then you just had a great victory. If you had a wonder, then you just had a great victory. If there was a manifestation of God, you know, of his greatness, then you just had a great victory, right? Can you, can you agree with that? Amen. Amen. And so, so as I was praying over this, the Lord kept speaking some things, speaking some things to my heart, declaring some things to my heart. And like I said, like I said we'll get into those in the future weeks. But as I was praying even throughout this week, oh, what, what do you want me to share this week? What, what's, what's on your heart for, for heritage this week? 
And, and he, he, he started speaking to me about this. He goes, you know, he goes, you know, the fights that you're fighting right now, they're not your fights. You know, you, you can fight for some, you can fight for a person all you want. Your family could be fighting for you all you want. But the thing is, is you have to fight. You have to fight. It's not about me as your pastor fighting for you. You have to fight. You know, you know, the prayer of faith will save the sick. Yeah, there's an element to that. But there's a time when you have to fight. There's a time that you have to do something in order for you to see your victory. And all this came out of, you know, through Isaiah chapter 12 is where this all began. And I'll have you turn there. But if you have your Bibles, turn to Psalms 3. Psalms 3. Psalms 3. But just while you're turning there, just a reminder that the Lord Jehovah, the Lord Jehovah is our strength and our song. And in that same verse, it says, and he has become my salvation, which that word salvation could be is aid or victory. He's my aid and he is my victory. But at first he has to become, understand Jehovah, he's my Lord. You're my strength today. This is difficult right now, but Lord, you're my strength. Lord, and right now you're my song. You're going to be the object of my praise. You see, and when you, you're focusing on him, that's when you allow him to be your victory. Say, he's my victory. See, if you're going to, if you're going to win in life, it's not going to be because of how good you are. You, you didn't save yourself. You can't heal yourself. Now there's some things you can do in the natural. You can eat better. There's things that you can do, but ultimately you need to rely on him. Everything we do, we rely on him. He's my salvation, which also means he's my victory. Say my victory. victory. See, victory isn't just the outcome of something. I don't just see that victory is just the outcome of my situation. But first of all, you have to need to see see it as my, he's my victory. It's not my victory. No, he's my victory. And as I understand him being my victory, then I'm going to have my victory. Does it make sense? So let's look here in Psalm chapter three, verse one, and see how far we can get in this this morning. Lord, how they are increased who trouble me. Many are they who rise up against me. Many are saying of me, there's no help for him in God. Man, think about that statement for a moment. This is what people, this is what people are saying about him. Many are they that trouble me. Many are increased that trouble me. Many have risen up against me. Many are saying. Many are saying. See, the enemy always wants to say something to you. The enemy always wants to speak something to you. The enemy always wants to talk about uh, your insignificance, speak to you about, about the problem, about the situation, what it looks like, what this person is doing, what that person is doing, what the government's doing, what, what the Republicans are doing, what the Democrats are doing, what, what, what this minister did or what that church did, what that denomination is doing, what that person is saying, what, you know, and we can go on and on. And so many, the enemy will try to say many things, many things. Many are saying of me, there's no help for him in God. 
Now, has, has the enemy ever whispered that to you? You know what? There's no help for you. There's no help for you. There's no help for you. See, if you ever heard that, then understand where that comes from. That's a lie. For, I hate the enemy. Richard, I, Lindy, I hate the enemy. I hate double hate the enemy. I hate sickness and disease. I hate deception. I hate addictions and bondages because what it does to families, I hate the enemy and the enemy hates you and me. So therefore the enemy is going always going to be saying something. Many are saying there's no help for him. There's no help for him to say, to say, say, there's help for me. Say, there's always help for me in God. Verse three says, but you see, this is what they're saying. This, this is what the enemy is saying. It says, but you, O Lord are a shield for me, my glory and the lifter of my head. You know, years ago, I, when, um, Keith Moore ministered a message and they, he showed a video at the uh, believer, uh, the minister's conference at KCM years. It was years. I don't remember how many years ago it was, but his, his assignment for that service was the shield of faith. And when he started it, before he started preaching, he came out before he came out to minister, they showed a clip from the movie gladiator. And, and so when, so they came out and they had these shields and, and what would happen when the other enemy would come and they would, they would shoot the arrows, everyone, all, all they would do is if they were in like a square and everyone that the people on the outside put their shield this way and people that were in the middle put their shield this way. So it was almost, almost like they were living in like a little house. It was like a little igloo of shield. And, and so he talked about the shield of faith, but so, so I want you to picture this morning that here it says, but you, O Lord are a shield about me. Don't just look at it as a shield, just something that's in front of you. But I want you to see that, but God, you are a shield. You, you are surrounding, you're all around me. You, you are surrounding me in this. You, you are all up in my life. But you, O Lord are a shield for me. Now get my glory and the lifter of my head. See, see what the enemy wants you wants to say to you is causing your head to be held down. But here what David says, yeah, this, this is what the enemy is saying, but you know, but you Lord, you're a shield around me. Yeah. All those people are around me. They've risen up against me, but you know what? I have a greater shield around me. I, I have something greater around me right now. I have something more around me right now. And you know what? You're my glory. You're my goodness. You're my power. You're my presence. Amen. As last year, show me your glory. You are, you are my goodness. You're my presence. You're my power, right? You're, you're my shield. You're my glory. And I, you're the lifter of my head. Meaning, even though they're saying this, you cause my head to be lifted high. You cause my head to be lifted high. Thank you, Father. Verse four. And what does the psalmist say? With my voice, I cried to the Lord. He hears and answers me out of his holy hill. And what happens after he cried out? I laid down and slept. I awakened again for the Lord sustains me. (laughs) 
The Lord sustains me. I mean, I I lifted my voice to him. It it wasn't a cry of, it wasn't begging. It wasn't a cry. It was a, it was a cry of praise. It was a cry of thanksgiving. It was, it was a cry of, of Lord, you're my source. And he says, I laid down and and I woken again. You know what? And he sustained me. So it's almost like he was asleep while all the enemy was surrounding him. God, I'm just going to hang out here. That, that lets me know it's, it, mean, it means, I love this because, and you're going to see this throughout this morning, is, is he was able to lie down and sleep because he knew that he wasn't the one having to fight. It's like kind of like, God, I'm going to lay down here and sleep while you do my dirty work. I'm just going to hang out here while you do what you're supposed to do. And I'm just going to stay here and do what I'm supposed to do. Now, I'm not saying that you just need to stay home and sleep and stay in bed. Give you a right to stay in bed because you're going to. No, no, this this isn't that kind of sleep. Verse six says, I will not be afraid of ten thousands of people. I will not be afraid of 10,000s of people that have set themselves against me. Set themselves against me round about. Verse 7 says, Arise, O Lord, save me, my God, for you have struck all my enemies on the cheek, and you have broken the teeth of the ungodly. <laughs> you have struck. See, remember, David didn't strike his enemies. You have struck. See, we're, we're, we're wanting, wanting to get a hold this morning of what's my role and what's his role. Verse 8 says, salvation, you can say victory belongs to the Lord. Salvation belongs to the Lord. Salvation belongs to the Lord. What it belongs? If something belongs to you, then you possess it. You have ownership of it. You have right to it. And so, so the psalmist here says salvation belongs to you. Victory belongs to you. Meaning if I'm going to have victory, I'm going to get it from you. If I'm going to be sustained, it's going to be because of you. Then it says salvation belongs to the Lord. May your blessing be upon your people. May your blessing be upon your people. Now, there's a lot of ways you can look at this scripture. And, and most of the way we've looked at it, and there's nothing wrong with it because it's a true statement. That salvation or victory belongs to the Lord or victory belongs to the Lord. May your blessing be upon your people, meaning meaning victory comes from him and it comes from him. Why? Because his blessing is on because his blessing is on me. I have a right to salvation because his empowerment is on me. I'm going to walk out victory because and, and, and so that I mean, we can we can rejoice in that and and we can have faith because that that is a true from 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 Adam and Eve all the way throughout the book is is salvation comes from God. And we have that salvation a right to it because of the blessing. We're not under the curse. Right. And, and so it's true statement of looking at that way. But but I want to want you to see something a little bit different before I go forward is as I was looking through this book, uh, Tehillim, I don't know if I'm saying that right, um, but this is, this is actually just a commentary from ancient rabbis, manuscripts in Hebrew, and this is just Psalms 1 through verse, uh, chapter 72, and I have another volume as well. 
And it's, you know, you have to read it backwards. You have to start in the back and read it backwards, just like, just like the, the, the Jewish people do. And as I was researching some ancient rabbis that were writing about this and writing about the language here, this scripture here, salvation belongs to the Lord, the blessing is upon his people. And how some of the rabbis translated this, this verse is, is that this verse lets us know what God's doing and it represents what we're supposed to be doing. Now, one of the words in the Hebrew for blessing is the praise of God. Blessing is the praise of God. So we can read it like this. Salvation, you see, victory belongs to the Lord. And the praise of God is on thy people. Or the praise of God comes from his people. Salvation belongs to the Lord. And the praise of God comes from the people. See, so as the praise of God comes from the people, it allows, as, 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 as we are doing our part, it allows God to now do his part. And, and I can look at it that way as being true because, because it's not, it's, we can see it throughout scripture. Let everything be judged by two or three witnesses, right? And we can see that same principle throughout scripture. Amen. Let's look at Second uh, Chronicles chapter 20. Second Chronicles 20. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Say thank God for the word. What our heart is here at Heritage of Faith, and what we're called to do here is to make winners in life. That, that's what we're about, making winners in life. What We exist because there's hurting people, and we're to love them for him. What do we call to make winners in life? So everything that comes from this pulpit is about taking our lives to the next level and taking our lives higher. Amen? Amen. Second Chronicles chapter 20, and let's look in verse 2. It says, It was told Jehoshaphat, a great multitude has come against you from beyond the Dead Sea. What was it? A great multitude came against him. From Edom, behold, they are in Hezion Tamor, which is in Engedi. Then Jehoshaphat feared and set himself. Now, in, in Psalms chapter 3, we see how the enemy set themselves. See, the enemy is going to take a position, but let, you and I need to take our position. And what's our position? It says Jehoshaphat feared and set himself. He amplified, says, determinedly. As his vital need to seek the Lord. He proclaimed a fast in all Judah. And Judah gathered together to ask help from the Lord. Even out of all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. So, so hear this. They set themselves. What is it? That is a position of, you know what? This is my position. I set, uh, this is my position. And I'm not moving from this position. There's an enemy surrounding him, and this is my position. This is similar to what David said, though 10,000 come against me. 10,000 set themselves against me. What am I going to This is what I'm going to do. This is how I'm going to position myself. And Judah gathered together, verse 4, and Judah gathered together to ask help from the Lord. Even of all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. So now it's not just Jehoshaphat. But now we see all of God's people coming to do what? To seek the Lord. 
Seek the Lord. See, what is your song? Your song has to do with what, what you're focusing on and what's coming out of your heart. So what we see them here, when they set themselves, we're seeing what their object of praise is, right? We're seeing who's their object. God, their object. Not their problem, not their weapons, not how strong they were. But you know what? We're going to set ourselves to seek God. That's their first priority. Where, where are you facing something? That's your first priority. And you know what? That's where you set yourself. <clears throat> you, you never move from that position. You never move from that place. You set yourself. Verse five, and Jehoshaphat stood. Now, now listen, and Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court. Man, so this just wasn't in his own private time. This is in front of all the assembly. This is in all the people. And what do you say? And said, oh, Lord, God of our fathers, are you not God in heaven? And do you not rule over all the kingdoms of nations? Now, because in your hand are power and might so that none is able to withstand you. What what do we hear? See here God is the object of their praise. This, he, this is praises of God on his people. What is he saying? He's declaring and he's praising God for who he is. I love that. In your hand are power and might so that none is able to withstand you. See, that is praise. You're declaring. You set yourself. You're saying, God, there's nothing that can withstand you. See, you need to be able to look in the mirror and set yourself. And you know what? I might. This might be going on right now. But, Father, I set myself because there's none that can withstand you. Yeah, right now I'm surrounded by this, but there's none that can withstand you. Seven. And then David says this. I mean, Joseph says this. Did not you, O Lord, drive out the inhabitants of the land before your people Israel and give it forever to the descendants of Abraham, your friend? They dwelt in it, have built you a sanctuary in it for your name, saying, if evil comes upon us, the sword of judgment or pestilence or famine, we will stand before this house before you and for your name. Man, this is we will stand before this house before you and for your name and the symbol as a symbol of your presence is in this house and cry to you in our affliction and you will hear and save us. Amen. We're going to cry in our affliction and you're going to hear and you're going to save. We're going to cry in our affliction and you're going to hear and you're going to save. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. And, and the word affliction there, the word affliction means repeated attacks. Repeated attacks. Repeated attacks. Hallelujah. Verse 10, and now behold the men of Ammon, Moab, Mount Seir, whom you would not let Israel invade when they came from the land of Egypt and whom they turned from and did not destroy. Behold, they reward us by coming to drive us out of your possession which you have given us to inherit. I mean, this, we had a right, we have a right to this. Oh, our God, will you not exercise judgment upon them? For we have no might to stand against this great company that is coming against us. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. Now, get here, here the heart. This is just really raw here. He, he's being honest here. It's, it's okay to be honest, but don't, it's okay to be honest about your situation but don't glorify your situation. Let me say it again. It's okay to, to be honest about your situation, but don't stay in your situation. 
What are they saying? You know, we don't have might for this. See, in the natural, you don't have might in the natural for what you're facing. Jesus, Jesus even said, apart from the father, I can't do anything. See, it comes, everything comes back to God. You're my source. He says, we do not know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. Man, I've I've prayed this prayer. (laughs) Wow. Lord, I had a natural, I, I do not know what to do about this, but my eyes are on you. Well, I've set myself. Yes. I'm going to praise you in it. And I'm going to praise you through it. And I'm going to praise you on the other side of it. Mm. Father, thank you. We do not know what to do, but my eyes are upon you. And all Judah stood before the Lord with their children and their wives. And the spirit of the Lord came upon Jehazel of Zechariah, the son of Benaiah, the son of Jael. And the son of Mataniah, a Levite of the sons of Asaph, in the midst of the assembly. He said, hearken all Judah. Now, this is God's response. We heard, we, heard, we heard Jehoshaphat's role was praise. Now we're, now we're hearing God's response. He said, hearken all Judah, you inhabitants of Jerusalem, and you King Jehoshaphat. The Lord says this to you, be not afraid or dismayed at this great multitude for the battle is not yours, but God's do not be afraid of this great multitude. Why? Because he says, you know what? It's my battle. It's not yours. What are you facing right now? It's not your battle. Yes, it might be a battle you're in, but it's not for you to win. It's for him to win. Thank you, Father. Father, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. And Father, we refuse to be, have fear control us about our present or about the unexpected things in the future. But Father, I know that this isn't our battle. This is your battle. The battle is not yours, but God's. Then he says, tomorrow go down to them behold they will come out to the ascent of Ziz and you will find them at the end of the ravine before the wilderness of Jerul you shall not need to fight you shall not need to fight you shall not need, you shall not need to fight now this fight here he's talking about is 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 you're not going to have to take a swing it's like sweatless victories You shall not need to fight in this battle. Then we see, set yourself. (laughs) What is your position? Just set yourself. Set yourself. That's your position. And see, set yourself and see the salvation of the Lord. See, your job is to just set yourself as him being the object of your praise. And what? And you'll see the salvation of the Lord. You'll see the victory. Just set, you set yourself, you know what? And you're going to see the salvation of the Lord. You see, now there's several things here and Lord, help me. I have so much in my heart right now. Now, you see, when he went to God, he told Jehoshaphat where to put his focus. 
The second thing is he gave him wisdom. You see, there's wisdom about the battle you're in. There's wisdom on the other side of your battle. You know, you might have a, a sickness, a disease, or report. You know what? And, and there's a thing that, that God may be telling you to do this. God may be telling you to go to this place, go to that person, go to this thing. It could have to do with your destiny. It could have to do with your future, and you're not sure what to do. You know, God say, all right, you need to be planted here. And when you plant it here, then you're going to hear the next step. And then you're going to hear the next step. And then you're going to receive the next thing. You know, that's why it's so important to be in the church where God's planted you, called you to be in. Right? That's why it's so important to surround yourself with right doctors. I'm not saying we, we, don't, we, we, we believe in doctors, but you need to have the right doctor. Okay? So, so there's, there, he, he cried out to God, but then God gave him wisdom. And, and all this time, he, he wasn't going to have to fight, but he was, he was to do what he was supposed to do so God could do what he could do. Thank you, Tommy. I appreciate that. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Father. Set yourself, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord with you. O Judah and Jerusalem, fear not, nor be dismayed. Tomorrow, see, this is wisdom here. Tomorrow, go out against them. For the Lord will be with you. Thank you, Father. And Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground. And all of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell before the Lord and worshipped the Lord. And this, that is the position we need to remain in. That's, 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 where, that's where we need to live our life. It's just that position of, Lord, I'm... I'm counting on you. I'm counting on you here. And the Levites and the children of the Kohites and the children of the Korhites stood up to the praise of the Lord God of Israel with a loud voice on high. So they worshiped and they praised and they rose up early in the morning and went forth into the wilderness of Tekoa and they went forth. Jehoshaphat stood and said, hear me, O Judah. <laughs> Hallelujah. I love it. Hear me, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, so shall you be established. And what was he declaring? See, they all knew what happened yesterday. <laughs> they all knew what happened because they were all in the same assembly and they heard it, that God was going to be victorious. And so what does he stand up as a prophet? Believe in the Lord your God, so shall you be established. Believe. That's your song is about your position of faith. Hallelujah. Believe in the Lord, your God, and you shall be established. Man, that's stable, that's steady, unmovable. Then it says, and believe in his prophets and you'll prosper. What was he saying to them? He goes, if we do what the Lord's instructed us to do, we're going to prosper. We're going to succeed and we're going to see great victory. Hallelujah. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed singers unto the Lord. And that they should praise the beauty of holiness as they went out before the army to say, praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. And when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord set ambushments. What is this? When they began to sing and to praise, when they did their part, God was now able to do his part. 
The battle is the Lord's. The battle. You see, what's our role? Our position is praise. And his position is to be our victory. If we go on and read all the rest of this chapter, if you, if you go down and if you start in 26 to 30, he talks about where they called that place. They called that place Barakah, which means the place of blessing, which you could also say the praise of God. And then verse 30 says, so the realm of Jehoshaphat was quiet for his God gave him rest round about. So the realm, the kingdom of Jehoshaphat was quiet, quiet, peace, for his God gave him rest round about. And I'm believing as this year is a year marked by great victories, your life is also going to be marked by great rest, quiet, man, just sense the presence of the Lord, just rest round about. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. You know, there's different places I could go. You know, I I thought about Acts chapter 16, and you think about Paul and Silas. You read one in, in the Psalms that talks about they were out preaching and bringing many people to victory. They were bringing many people to victory. They were, see, the enemy doesn't want you to bring people to victory. And so what happened? The enemy tried to silence them. Shut them up in prison. In the lower parts of the prison. And we know this. What that happened? They sung at midnight. The praise of God. The praise of God. And what happened? The praise of God brought about a God earthquake. I say a God earthquake. See, God, a God earthquake... It just opened the doors and it loosened their bonds. Opened the prison doors and they come out. Not only did they come out, but everyone else that was in that prison was set free. How many other people were, may have been thrown in there wrongfully? But yet, because of their praise, not only were they set free, but other people were set free. And then all of a sudden, you had the jailers and weren't sure. And they were like, we're all accounted for here. And, and they come in. And, and next thing you know, they get saved. So the enemy tried to confine them. But it was their praise that delivered them. So the enemy always wants to confine you in your life, control your life. But our position will always be this position of praise because his position always is a position to bring salvation, to bring victory. Go to Psalms 34. Worship team, can you come on up? Lord, help me. Thank you, Father. Just <laughs> said, giddy up. <laughs> oh. Thank you, Lord. Verse one says, I will pray, I will bless the Lord at all times. At all times. I will bless the Lord when everything is going well. I will bless the Lord at all times, all times, all times. His praise will sometimes be in my mouth. 
What is it? What is it? His praise will continually be in my mouth. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise will continually be in my mouth. My life makes it boast in the Lord. Let the humble and the afflicted hear and be glad. My life makes it boast in the Lord. Let the humble and afflicted hear and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I sought, inquired of the Lord and required of him of necessity. This is the amplified and on the authority of his word. And he heard me and delivered me. He delivered me from all my fears. How many fears? All, all my fears. All. Hallelujah. Let's go to verse 18. The Lord is nigh unto them that are brokenhearted and saves such as of a contrite spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. And that word affliction there is repeated loss or repeated attack. Repeated loss or repeated attack. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of some of them. All of them. The Lord delivers all of them. He keeps all his bones and not one of them is broken. Evil shall slay the wicked that they that hate the righteous shall be desolate. The Lord redeemeth the soul of his servants and none of them that trust in him shall be desolate. None that trust in him shall be desolate. Now, now it's interesting. He uses the psalmist uses this phrase that none of his bones shall be broken. If you look at Psalms 22, he talks about other things that talk about the Lord or Jesus. None of his bones were supposed to be broken. I'll try to do this fast. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Psalms 22 says, I could read the whole thing, but for the sake of time, he says, I'm poured out like water and all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax. It's melted in the midst of my bowels. My strength is dried up and my tongue cleaves to my jaws. He says, he says, I may tell of all my bones. They look and stare upon me. They part my garments among them and cast lots upon my vesture. Hallelujah. But be thou not far from me, O Lord, my strength. He hastens thee to help me. Deliver my soul from the sword. Save me from the lion's mouth. If you look at Psalms chapter 16, it says, for thou will not leave my soul in hell. You see, through, through the Psalms, you, you see this revelation of Jesus. The Psalm is prophesying about Jesus. And in this Psalm right here, when he says, I will not leave my soul in hell. Verse seven says, I will bless the Lord who hath given me counsel. My reins also instruct me in the night season. Now, what is this? He goes, I have set the Lord always before me because he's at my right hand. I shall not be moved. Therefore, my heart is glad and my glory rejoices and my flesh also shall rest in hope. As I was praying of this, I never saw this before when I was thinking about an enemy surrounding you. And the Lord in my prayer time took me to our Savior. To Jesus. Think about it. Bones out of joint. None of his bones broken. His garments were parted. They cast lots for them. 
He says, I will not leave my soul. You will not leave my soul in hell. But will we see that boy? He blessed the Lord. I believe even in the midst of hell. I believe what preceded his resurrection, what preceded great victory was his position of praise. I believe even in the midst of hell, even, even see Jesus had to do everything for us. And I believe he went to hell for us, but even in the midst of hell, I believe he blessed the Lord. And I believe as he blessed the Lord, he set himself in that position, in that darkness, in that pain, in that hurt. And he lifted his voice in the bowels of hell and praised the Lord and shouted unto God. And I believe, I believe what happened when he praised the Lord and set him in his position. I believe that's right when Romans chapter six, verse four says that Jesus was raised by the glory of God. And I believe the glory of God went into hell. In the, in the midst of our Savior's praise. And I believe in the midst of that praise, I believe the glory of God. Romans chapter 8, 11 says the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead quickens our mortal bodies. If you read 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 18, 19, and 20, it talks about how, how he took on things for us. And he, it said he rose triumphantly over every principality and over every power. But I believe, I believe that he had to rest in that same position that you and I need to rest in. And that is that position of praise. Why? Because the battle is the Lord's. What's my role? My role is praise. What is his role? Is being my victor in the midst of my battle. Everyone stand to your feet. I'm going to read one more scripture. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Father. If there's something that you're battling this morning, I want you to come to the altar right here. Maybe you're needing wisdom, direction. Maybe it's a, maybe it's a report from the doctor. Maybe it's depression. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. You're faithful. You're faithful. You're faithful. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, I know there's more than four. (laughs) Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Deborah Page and Pat Woman, I want you to come up. Hallelujah. Anyone else? Come up. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Your faith. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I know it's here somewhere. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. First Thessalonians chapter 5. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 15 says, See that none render evil for evil unto any man. But ever follow that which is good, both among yourselves and to all men. Rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing. Now get this. Now this is our position. In everything. Say in everything. everything. 
doesn't say for everything. It says in everything. You never give thanks for something the enemy has produced. In everything, give thanks. Now, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. You want the will of God? What the will of God is in where you're at right now, right here? This is the, you know, wherever you're, whatever you're facing, whatever you're battling, whatever you're going through, the, the, the will of God in that situation is found right there in everything, in everything, give thanks in everything, give thanks in everything, worship in everything, rejoice in everything, pray in everything, worship in everything. See, when Jesus was in the midst of hell and he praised the Lord in the midst of that, in everything, this is the will of God concerning you concerning hallelujah will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you hallelujah thank you father hallelujah let's go ahead and sing that through a couple times and I'm going to pray for them hallelujah hallelujah let's lift our voices hallelujah we thank you that you are our victory oh thank you for marvels wonders and extraordinary manifestations of the greatness of our God. This year is marked by abundant harvest. This year is marked by great victories. We rejoice. We rejoice. Lord, we take our position in praise. So you take our, you take, you take that position of our victory. We thank you for it. And Lord, I thank you that we leave here today strong in the Lord and the power of his might. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Give him a shout of praise this morning. Hallelujah. God is good.